0: Welcome to Wit & Wisdom, where we bring you straight talk on American culture and current events. I'm your host, Tom Green, and I'll be your guide. I don't know about you, but this time of year can be almost depressing. As I record this podcast, it's raining and gray and almost dark out at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's one of the reasons why I really just don't like winter. But I know that each season holds meaning. Some seasons, like spring and summer, create energy with their abundant light. How can anyone not like the month of April? But in the fall, the end of daylight savings time introduces a season where light becomes scarce. The transition can be downright difficult for some. Many people suffer from seasonal affective disorder, as less sunlight impacts the production of serotonin and melatonin. Yes, after 100 years of daylight savings time, our bodies still struggle to process the change and prepare for winter. In the ancient world, people lit fires to mark the turning of the light into winter's darkness and to pray for the return of the light. See, the light brought safety and security for mere survival. Light was the security blanket in an otherwise dangerous world. In the modern world, we adapted this ancient practice as a symbolic gesture. See, today we use candles to provide light, but we also use them to soothe us. It's as if our brains see the soft illumination and smell the burning wax and are immediately more calm and aware. One need only stare into the flame of a candle to be totally mesmerized by its wonder and constantly changing form, light, and color. That soft illumination whispers to us. It stimulates those parts of the brain that are home to emotion and memory. That's why the soft light of a candle is often used for meditation and prayer to quiet the mind, to awaken the soul, to remind us of things greater than ourselves. Winter is a time for plants and animals to go into survival mode. The trees shed their leaves and prepare for the storms of winter, and the animals store up food or hibernate. Oddly enough, even in the harshest of winters, neither the plants or the animals seem to be bothered by the cold or the darkness. But what can the darkness of winter teach us about life, about struggle, and about survival? Well, British writer Catherine May is the author of a book called Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. May eloquently argues that, like winter, challenging periods of life are natural and inevitable. She argues that these are the most instructive seasons of life, that winter is meant to be experienced, not merely survived that we ought not to travel through the darkest and coldest of times simply awaiting the change in the seasons. But instead, we should seek to discern the meaning of the season, that very alchemy of life. She writes, we have seasons when we flourish and seasons when the leaves fall from us, revealing our bare bones. But given time, they grow again. See, the plants and the animals instinctively know that this is not the end of life, but simply a part of life, a time to replenish, a season to be experienced and not merely survived, and that they may evolve stronger in the spring when the sky clears and the birds chirp and the temperature rises. Winter is a necessary part of life, a time for rest and stillness and reflection, an opportunity to grow in the midst of uncertainty. During these months of cold and darkness, the trees shed their leaves, but they reserve all their energy and slow their growth. They lean into the wind and blanket their branches in snow. They patiently lean into the peace and the stillness needed for survival. The English writer Robert Elms once said, Trees look down on us and wonder why we're rushing around so much. We tend to see winter as the end of something, but perhaps we should see winter as a beginning. See, the winter solstice marks the exact moment when half the earth is tilted the farthest away from the sun. It usually happens on either December 21st or 22nd at the exact same time around the world it's the day with the least amount of sunlight all year and therefore the darkest day of the entire year yet even on this darkest of days the Sun still shines in the sky on this world day of darkness many cultures celebrate the winter solstice as a turning point a turning point from darkness to light a momentary pause like the milliseconds between an inhale and an exhale. Barely noticeable unless we're keenly aware. But oftentimes it's difficult for humans to anticipate the light. Like the first glimmer of a sunrise in the darkness. You have to look away to even see if it's really there. Even though we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that the light always returns. See, it's the darkest days of winter that make spring so amazing. For author Catherine May, Wintering is not a season, it's a metaphor for life. It's a fallow period. Everything is unpredictable. Everything slows down, everything hunkers down. It's like the world goes into protection mode. May writes eloquently that the plants and animals don't fight the winter. They don't pretend it's not happening and attempt to carry on their same lives they lived in the summer. They simply prepare, they adapt, and they withdraw only to come back rested, replenished, and refreshed in the spring. See, it's the darkest days of winter that make spring so amazing. We used to understand this, back when Sunday was a day of rest and worship. Back in a time before cell phones and streaming video and email and endless cat videos. Back when stores closed and families gathered and work was postponed. It was a gentle reminder that we all need rest and rejuvenation. I wonder back then if people felt more refreshed on Monday, knowing that they had tuned out the world and its unceasing demands for a few hours. I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. See, the darkness of winter is harder in times of loss, confusion, and struggle. I recently had a conversation with a friend who lost his 18-year-old son to suicide. It was one of those gut-wrenching conversations that you'll never forget, with lots of tears. He's deep into the winter of darkness. I felt his pain deep in my soul. But I'm reminded of Catherine May's words. If happiness is a skill, then sadness is too. Perhaps through all those years at school, or perhaps through other terrors, we're taught to ignore sadness, to stuff it down in our satchels, and pretend it isn't there. For my friend, after a lengthy period of excruciating pain, he's approaching a personal solstice, a turning point. He's starting to see the green shoots, that little touch of life, that little bit of light that says, hold on, spring is coming. He won't ever be rid of his pain, but he'll learn that the light always comes, slowly, eventually, to replace the darkness. Like the light that comes in spring, it breathes life into all living things, the plants, the trees, the animals. They awaken with the energy of resilience having survived the fallow period. My wish for you is that you find some time to pause in this darkness of winter, to celebrate a solstice of sorts, to evolve stronger when the sky clears and the birds chirp and the temperature rises again, rested, resilient, and ready to begin afresh, empowered by the light. In the meantime, the greatest compliment you can offer is to share this podcast with a friend perhaps somebody in the depths of winter waiting for the light. I'd be grateful and they would too. You've been listening to Wit and Wisdom with Tom Green where we give you straight talk on current events in American culture. Thanks so much for tuning in and feel free to check me out on any of the social media platforms at Tom Green with an e writer that's Tom Green writer or you can visit me at my website, where you can catch all of my back articles at TomGreenWithAnE.com. TomGreenWithAnE.com. So thanks for tuning in, and remember, until next time, nothing beats nice.